Welcome to The Life of Ice, the podcast that celebrates the creativity and supportive community within the world of art. I'm your host, Tyson Martin, and on this podcast, we will be hearing the artist's stories, what drives their creativity, the benefit it has on their mental health, and why they are supporting the community over competition movement. On this episode of the podcast, our guest is Roxana Ortiz. Roxana is a talented photographer and videographer based in Seattle, Washington, and we sit down and chat about her current and future projects, the gear she uses, her business, Raw Plus Seattle, her thoughts on the state of the photography videography community, the pitfalls of social media, and the fact she is the only Emmy winner I know. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get to the show. My name is Anna. I am a digital artist that mainly specializes in videography and photography. I also do music. I'm a songwriter. I play guitar. Overall, I just like to call myself a jack of all trades just because I enjoy so many mediums of art. Um, I'm from originally the Bay Area, more specifically Oakland, um, but I live in Seattle currently. So I've been here for almost three years. It's funny though, I was born in Oakland and I say I'm from Oakland just because I went to school in Oakland for a portion of my life and I was always in Oakland for the times I was not in school. If I was not in school, I was in Oakland or San Francisco, but mostly Oakland. My mom's a musician. She's a singer. So when I was little, she would take me to Oakland uh, because she was part of a band. And so I grew up around having to go to rehearsals after school for her band. And I would just sit there. But like all these places were in Oakland. So that's where I spent majority of my time if I wasn't in school. But I actually went to school in San Leandro, which is like a super big white suburb which is why kind of ties into um this project that i'm doing talks about being in two worlds and living two separate lives almost having to present two separate like faces to the world especially being someone of color i'm actually puerto rican and mexican that, yeah. let's talk about that project i'm i'm a big fan of anything that, that can bring empowerment to, to any culture I'm an indigenous man who who loves my culture. And as we all know, there's tons of struggles with indigenous community and identity. So why don't you explain what you're doing, when it's gonna be out, how, how people are gonna be able to find it, what we can do to help support it. Absolutely. Well, um, so I'm actually doing a documentary called Amor y Fuerza. It's about a couple things. One, mainly it highlights um, Latinas who currently live and have jobs here in Washington. It highlights them and what they do, who they are, their stories, but it also highlights, you know, a big issue that a lot of immigrants that come to United States deal with, especially like second and third generations deal with, which is uh, identity issues. Not only immigrants, but people who are biracial or triracial, they're a mix, right? A lot of people like myself, I'm Mexican, I'm Puerto Rican, but you know, I also went to school in a very, very white neighborhood. So there's this conversation of like, who am I? Like, how do I define my culture? And having to also like put on masks around certain groups, um, like code switch. That's something I personally struggled with and I still struggle with, but those feelings came up because I'm actually a mom. I don't really talk about it too much on my social media just because I try to keep that part of my life a little private. You know, I'm not, I believe like it's fun being on social media and all, but I really do like to keep my daughter and her privacy like pretty long, pretty much on lockdown because anyway, the world's creepy. I was struggling like having, like, what do I want to teach her about my culture? Like I struggled with Spanish just because I went to school having to learn English and my parents never enforced it. But I, like, I felt a little sad. I'm like, how, what am I going to teach my daughter? What do I want her to know about my culture, about my family, about my family's history? And like thinking about that made me realize like, well, how can I teach her something if I don't know like how I feel about my own culture? I, I, I get that because I'm, you, as you know, I'm going through something super similar, just figuring out where my birth family's from, where my, which is crazy because it's only a couple hours away from where I am currently. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. You're going to open a light to a lot of people. It's going to refresh people because they know they're not alone, right? This is going to give something because you're doing it in video form. This is going to give people the opportunity to sit back, watch it at their pace and really take in what you're explaining and what people are talking about in your film. I think what you're doing by keeping your, your daughter kind of out of social media 
keeping her privacy. Uh, most people don't know that I'm married. I have six children. Very rarely post about my children mm-hmm. or my wife because I, I want my family life to be separate from my business. The life of FICE is my business. My social media is all geared towards building a business. It's helping to build a community, build a brand, and find a way to be sustainable while helping this community grow. Absolutely. Um, that to me, what you're doing, I think, I had ideas with indigenous communities, but I'm still trying to break in. I'm gonna film when I go home this summer to to Merit. My band is the Lord Nicola. We're interior Salish. I remember I, on Mike's podcast, you were saying that. I mean, what you're doing is you're you're gonna give people a voice. And by giving people a voice, that's just the start to building a beautiful future. We all, we all need a voice. We all need someone to be willing to take that risk. And you're willing to take that risk. I applaud you for what you're doing. In a way, I decided to do this project for myself. No, I, it really was just like in the process of getting my last interview. And for me, I'm like discovering things along the way about how all these other women have dealt with similar issues or what advice they have to give about like being discriminated against or having to what it means to be Latina in America, which is one of my questions I I asked them. I'm really excited to do this just because sometimes there's this feeling of like, I don't know where I belong, but everyone goes through that. But I think it's like, it's more intense for people of color and then people of color who have to deal with keeping alive their culture and living in modern day America because of what American history is, and I would say Western history has done to people of color and their cultures and other nations. If people know history, half of the United States used to be Mexico. And, you know, even when when the Spanish came over and colonized, how does your culture stay alive when it's been erased? A hundred percent. I think that's, it's like, I, I could cry about it, but yeah. it's a sad thing of like humanity. You were in the military. You did, you did photography and, and videography in the military. So run me through what that experience was like. Yes. So after high school, funny story, I actually followed my boyfriend into the military because he was going to do it. And I was like, and like he came back from boot camp and I was like, bro, you look changed. You look like a different man. I want that for myself. <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't want to stay with my parents um, because I was, I don't know, I was very independent. I just didn't want to, I didn't want rules. I was like, no. So I was like, well, this is one way that's going to also teach me how to be disciplined because I tried college and I just could not get through a year of college. So, and I was self-reflecting and I'm like, I'm kind of a lazy fuck. Um, I think this is going to help me be a better, like work harder, learn what it means to work hard and like have to go through something hard for myself. Cause I knew I was kind of like, I guess kind of lazy. And so I decided to join and I'm glad I did <laughs> cause I'm not lazy anymore. No, no chance to be lazy in the, in the Marine Corps. No. And I, of course me, I was like, whatever, like I'm going to also pick the toughest branch because my boyfriend at the time was like, yeah, I don't think this is for you. And I was like, "Ooh, let me show you. I can do it. And I did. At least if I was going to do something stupid, uh, I was going to be smart about it. I made sure I got a job that I really like. And I was lucky because you don't really get to pick your job. When you sign, when you go to the recruiter's office, it's, it's really just luck. It's not like... My recruiter specifically said the only time you get to pick your job is like, for sure, you have a better chance of getting a a job you want is if you become guide. And I'm like, what's guide? They're like, guide is... So the Marine Corps has something very specific that the other branches don't have. It's called a pool program. So it's like almost a mini boot camp for the boot camp. And it's only like a Marine Corps thing. So they'll put you in the debt program in the pool for a couple months, depending on how out of shape you are, just like how much work you need before you go to boot camp. I was in the debt for six months. So I was training for six months just to go train to go (laughs) and then be a brain, which is kind of stupid, but you kind of need it. So I was in this program and they said the only way you can pick your job is if you're a guide. And that's essentially the platoon leader of like the RSS. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do that. Because I want to get the job, which is combat camera. That was what they offered me. They're like, yeah, you can take pictures for the military and you can get paid for it. And I was like, I'm doing that. 
that's what I like. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. That's going to be my job. And I was like, I have to get this job. So I volunteered and I competed for that spot to be like the platoon leader because I really wanted to be a photographer. I was like, dope. I can be a photographer in the military. That's cool, right? The way they made it sound was really, really cool. Um, So I trained really hard. I got my knowledge straight and I had to go on a little board for to become the platoon leader and and I won that and long story short I got the job that I wanted I went to boot camp and then this whole other life started where I was just taking photos in the military and learning how to do that for the first time professionally which is kind of I guess how I've also learned video I first started doing video in the Marine Corps um, and now I do it as a profession which is kind of crazy. I don't know. It's it's like now reflecting on it. It's like my path. <laughs> I'm here. It's kind of like what they say is when we find that thing that makes us happy and makes us whole. I mean, we will do whatever it takes to to have it become our profession and our, you know, we followed that path to get to it. You definitely do it every day for for a job. Do you find it hard to go from personal work, quote unquote, professional work for your day job? Um I would say if we're talking specifically about video, because I am a photojournalist now for the news. So having to do personal like video, like just for myself versus video for a job, I would say, yeah, it's kind of hard because, you know, you want to take direction of your own projects and your own ideas in the workplace. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's all like sometimes you're just a tool or you're like a puppet, like you're just a tool that someone else is is using which like takes the the fun out of being like a videographer it takes the fun out of it because someone else is like i can do this but better but you know you have to do it for me loving something like photography love taking photos but then like someone uses that against you that's that's how how it feels at work sometimes it's like i I love doing this i i I feel that i mean i i booked a whole bunch of stuff was work and then it just started feeling like a job and I just, I canceled everything because I like to say, I look at my photography and the way that I shoot, the angles I shoot at and how I capture my moments um, through a skateboarder's eye. So the way I used to look for skate spots, the way I would go through alleys, go through everywhere, just trying to find something that spoke to me is the same mm-hmm. way I approach photography. The thing I always forget to bring up, cause it really doesn't matter. To me, just because of the topic it was on, like it was a weather thing and I was like, okay. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's it. the part I care about was like, I worked really hard on that day because it was a crazy weather storm. And I was like for hours, just breathing my butt off in the freaking cold. And I'm like, don't come out here, go in your homes. Don't, don't drive, don't do this. Just stay in your homes while I'm out here, like driving around and freaking like hitting other cars because it's so dangerous just to get a picture up. It's like, that was just a crazy day, but yeah, I would say it's. And, and And what was that award that you won? I have an Emmy for working as a photojournalist for Como 4, which is a new station that is here in Seattle. I won it for video coverage of the historic ice storm that hit Seattle, which was crazy because I don't know if, you know, people, if, you know, you're listening to this and you think snow, yeah, snow's kind of scary to drive in if there's a lot of it. But like people don't realize when the roads are just ice, it's worse than snow. It's like way more dangerous. That year was apocalyptic, dude. It was. We had the same storm hit us and Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, a, so people who are listening, I'm, I'm probably two and a half hours away from where she is. So we, we, our weather systems are identical. So if we talk in and we hop in and we're talking about weather and we say, yeah, we, I understand I had that too. It's because we are that close and our climate to the same, even though we are in two different countries. I also read, I think on threads, uh, that you've had a lot of people come negative when you talk, when you have talked about winning your award. Oh, yeah. It's weird just because I honestly didn't really bring it up in, on social media other than day that I won it and like the week that I won it and I posted pictures of it, you know, because everyone updates their social media like, oh my gosh, new thing that happened, you know, <laughs> no big deal, whatever. And that was it. And then, you know, my partner Mike was like saying, babe, you got to like use it for business. Like it, sometimes I know you don't like talking about it or flaunting it, but sometimes you just have to to like 
get attention for business sake. So he started saying like, because he does a lot of our email campaigns and he started saying like, yeah, like come work with an Emmy award-winning team and we'll do your videos and stuff. You know, <laughs> obviously more professional, but you know, I'm just being cheeky about it. I'd probably um, hire. So I'd probably hire someone if I got an email that said, "Come work with our Emmy-winning video team and stuff." I would be like, Heck yeah, let's do <laughs> <And it."> stuff." <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And then one one day, I was like, "Maybe he's right." I'll just throw it out there on a uh, Seattle Open Shoots Facebook post because if you're in Seattle, you should join the Seattle Open Shoots Facebook uh, little discussion group. It's a good way to connect with models and exercise. Like if you're an amateur, it's a good way to start taking photos of people and getting to know other people and networking. It's just a good network. But anyway, I posted a little thing like, hi, I'm a blah, 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 Emmy Award winning photographer. And I'm really interested in getting to know more BIPOC artists because I'm doing this like I'm creating a guild for digital creators and I want to get connected with more like, you know, brown and black BIPOC artists, either like digital or not, like models, whatever. I just want to freaking talk to you because that's kind of what started my whole like cultural like outreach. Like I need to get more connected with my own community. So I threw that out there. I was like, hey, I'm an Emmy Award winning photographer and I want to start doing projects with more of my brown people. And so that's when people like started flying to the post like, oh my gosh, cool. Let's like connect and I got a lot of follows and then there was a couple of people that were like, oh, lies. This is lies. I don't know who you are, but lies. And I'm like, bro, you don't even know me. <laughs> like, I had like two, of course, the two male white men of the whole chat called it out as like fake. Like I'm lying. I'm like, oh, whatever. And like some dude like looked me up like, see, I can't find anything of her. It's like, first off, you're not even putting my name in right but people were literally like looking through like the emmys like records and archive of like uh awards given and figuring trying to see if like what i was saying was fake and it's like i had to post a picture with it and like no man it's right here i'm not <laughs> lying it's like but the idea that someone wanted to try to discredit me was like stupid i don't know and i guess i i realized that maybe it's just some like misogyny in the photography community still exists and it's not cool it's not cool the moment it, that a woman talks about success it's like oh she's lying her for sure oh, and I, I yeah and even when i first joined threads i was like one of the first things that happened to me was like someone saying like oh you're a liar it's like oh i'm better than you because i'm a whatever xyz it's like no man yeah. and i think that's when the whole community over competition tags started popping up and I'm like yeah let's let's like really start pushing this because it really is stupid it doesn't like awards are nice but it doesn't matter ultimately like bringing everybody up together if I have an award and I can tell you hey this is exactly how you do it I'm gonna freaking tell you it's yeah. like I want other people to get awarded and I, and there's like way better artists out there that deserve more credit well you know I'm gonna tell you now like I'm super proud of you um Aww. winning that award is something that you should be super proud of uh, nobody has the right to tell you different. Uh, you worked your ass off to get to that point. It wasn't for the award. It was so people understood. You did. You worked on a project. Um, you did your job and you fought the elements. You fought time. You made, made things happen. So everybody here at Life of Feist is extremely proud of you. Uh, and Aww. you should you you should tell everybody about your award. You should go to the top of buildings and scream about it because that gives <laughs> well, that, that gives other other young artists hope. That's the way to look at it. It's giving it's giving people hope. They can do it too because all it takes is one strong person to stand up and say, "Fuck the haters. I'm here. This is what I did. This is who I am. Love me, hate me, I don't care. I am going to show you that you can do it too." For me, hearing the way you talk, hearing the tremble in the voice when you're explaining it, how hurt it made you because people were calling you out, calling you a liar for something you worked hard on. Right now, I'm gonna tell you, you're, you made your daughter so proud. Just, just keep fighting the good fight. Uh, you, got, you got a whole community behind you now. There's, there is no stopping any, any of us. We all work together and that comes back to that community over competition. It's something that I, I try to preach. So I just want you to know, like, even though there is people out there that will, will try to beat you down and break you and tell you that you're a liar and that you didn't achieve something, 
you got a whole group of us who are extremely proud. So just keep mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing. I just like to throw photos up. I don't talk. I just people are like, you got to do one photo once a day. Dude, I took 18 bangers. They're all going up. <laughs> I don't I don't I, I, I can't fall into philosophies like that. It makes no sense. Oh, the algorithm. I don't care about the algorithm. You know what? I my my photos mm -hmm. aren't aren't for everyone. My photos are what make me happy. And they as this pod, podcast, it healed my soul. That's what FICE stands for. Uh, photography heals your soul. Um, I love that, by the way. Um, right, because I found that every day that I was riding my bike, my whole day was better. Uh, and then when I got really into photography and was starting a brand, I was like, God, I got to use that name. It means something. And then I was like sitting there looking at the letters and I was like, I, you know, FICE photos, FICE photography, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, man, I'm going to build this about my life, about what I've gone through in, in my. So then I was like, you know, what? it really actually healed my soul. It helped me take really bad moments and, and it allowed me to heal and showed me that there was a better way than sitting inside and being upset and depressed and and everything is my camera is my lifeline. It's I can't yeah. paint. I love art. I love painters. I, I love artists. They're all artists. They're all amazing. Um, but I can't paint. I have no no skills with a paintbrush. But when I shoot Same. photos, <laughs> when I shoot photos, I try to shoot like um it's a painting. So I see I, that when but... I print, I print on on bamboo paper because it's textured. So mm. it looks looks like the the colors have been painted onto onto the paper, and it's just the way I like to express myself. I mean, people laugh all the time when I say that, but it's how I see the world. It's how I see my vision. I edit my way. And that's what makes art art because it's individual. Um, and that's why Absolutely. building this community with everybody, having everybody come on board, you know, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I didn't start community over competition by any means. I just brought it to this space for us on threads in our little group. It's been <laughs> around, it's been around forever. Um, yeah. I don't know where I, if I saw it or I just thought it one day was cool. And I was like, you know what, this fits what I'm trying to, trying to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's, let's get, let's get back. So you're, you currently shoot on a Canon 5D Mark IV. Fantastic camera, but, but there's a rumor something might be changing. <laughs> I can hear Mike <laughs> laughing. First photography skills on a Nikon. I think it was like a D3000 or D5000, something, I don't know, something really old. Um, It was good though. And then I started to learn Canon because the Marine Corps, that's what they shot. So I was literally almost every day I was, I had a Canon in my hand. I had a Canon 5D Mark IV and then a 1DX and then the C100. So the Marine Corps was cool because they had their own like closet of like gear. So you could really just play with any lens you wanted. So that was the cool part of being in the Marine Corps was being able to like experience different types of equipment, experiment and use it consistently. So you really knew it in and out. And so once I got out, I wanted to make sure I continued that new Canon, like in and out. So my dad, he was like, you know what? I don't really want this Mark IV anymore. Here you go. You have it. Cause he, I was lucky cause the last gen of uh, equipment that went through our unit was Canon 5D Mark IV. Perfect. So I got to know that really well. And so when my dad was like, I don't want this old piece of shit. Here you go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Whatever you don't want, just give it to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great camera. Um, I, I owned one. It it treated me well for the four weeks that I owned it before I went back to the brand you're about to mention. True, yes. And then now, <clears throat> uh, and then, so Fuji was totally back of mine, honestly, until uh, my partner Mike uh, purchased his first, like, big Fuji camera. Um, and his dad also shoots Fuji. And so... I think, you know, this was just bound to happen due to proximity of a Canon shooter living with a Fuji shooter. And then, by the way, I, I don't have I don't have that much gear. I, I'm actually pretty min minimal with like my lenses. I've had them for a long time. I was just constantly around and then seeing the film presets. At first, I used to not gonna lie, I used to talk like mad shit. I was like, whatever, like presets is just for people because you guys don't like to edit. But then I started seeing some of them and I was like, wait, those are kind of nice. Those are pretty nice though. And yeah. I started to realize that with Fuji, you can really customize your look. 
in like the camera or I mean, but I don't know, you just have more control over it. And I thought that was really cool. And I started to really get a love for the look by seeing my partner's photography grow and develop into something that I started really liking, like um, a lot more than, you know, when he was shooting with his Rico. Um, and I was like, dude, that looks really good. I, I don't know. My stuff's kind of, it feels a little outdated. My camera's not even mirrorless. And I wanted something also like the X-H2, the video uh, looks really good on there too. And my Canon actually is not very good for video. So that's what kind of had me thinking maybe I need an upgrade. So yes, that's <laughs> the one thing also secondary reason for wanting to buy a Fuji is because I realized as a business of, uh, you know, media, you know, digital creative business, we can't be shooting on separate systems because I thought we would be able to swing it, but it's just. They have two different looks and it's hard to make it look like a professional, like consistent product when you give it to a customer, especially because we also edit really differently. Um, and that's kind of, I would say, been a challenge of running our businesses. Artistically, we're actually pretty on the opposite ends. We have like the same mind, mind for ideas, but how we execute, totally different. So, so I figured getting a Fuji would help like keep it consistent. Well, definitely. We'll definitely keep that color, that color profile very similar. Where Canon, Canon, if you were strictly doing portraits, Canon, Canon is the color for Canon on skin is amazing. But yeah, doing, running a business, doing video, doing doing photos together. I mean, keeping a, a very similar color science will definitely make the editing easier. What is your workflow like? Are you someone that goes in and spends a ton of time doing your edits, or do you just kind of hop in, make some adjustments, and you're done? So, if I am shooting a portrait um, session. If I'm shooting for portrait for editorial for like my the cream of the crop, my favorite thing to shoot, which is like fashion editorial portraits, I will spend nearly like 30 to 45 minutes on one photo just editing <laughs> as an artist. Like if Fuji had like a soul, it'd be like, it's about the process. If Canon's more like, it's about the product. <laughs> but I like both because I loved, I love to edit. Gosh, it's so therapeutic. It's just like going in and just doing your own thing because I'm so like specific with how I edit. I like bringing out so many different details of a person's face. Even when I shoot street, like I really like get in there with the editing. Like I, I don't know if you've seen some of my, like my kind of like window uh, street shoots where I like underexpose a lot where the only thing that's coming through is just the shape of like the object that's lit. So like a window, it'd just be like burst of light. Um, I like doing silhouettes. I don't know. I just like playing with that and playing with it. In photography, it's called the value. Um, black and white uh, photography specifically, the value is like the shades of gray. And so like playing with the different shades of gray in a black and white photo is what I really like to do. And so that's why for me, I like to, I get into editing probably more than anyone else should, but I really like it. What Like there are two ways to be distinct in photography, I would say, maybe three, but two main two main ways you can be distinct with your editing style and you can be distinct with your composition and so everyone's always going to have a different composition no matter what but like having your own unique editing style I think it's what separates you and not to say it's like oh, you know you want to be the best but you know community over competition absolutely but you know also it, there's nothing wrong with wanting to distinguish your style a little bit and so for me that's what I I do I use editing for that because there's no better way to to love what you're doing than to create what you feel, you know? So for you, your, your feeling is in the, the the length of your edit, the effort you put into that edit and the, the feeling you get when you complete it and you're like, I fucking nailed it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, and also it's kind of experimenting. Cause like, like if I just pull up Lightroom right now, um, I shoot a bunch of different shit. Like, and I think that's kind of the part that on a business side, hurts my brand the way it looks because I like to just shoot whatever I see as a like as I see it so like if it's a homeless person you know feeding birds I see that as like more of a street photo but if I you know the decision to slow down my shutter and make it all blurry looking make it look like a film like it honestly just depends on the vibe of like the scene I see and I edit for that and it's kind of uh I would say looked down upon because People, you want to edit in sets if you're going to give something to a customer so it has the same look. Yeah. 
And I've actually done that originally, like when I first started doing it professionally as more of a business, not necessarily for the Marine Corps, I would just edit as like, like one style for the entire set. And for the most part, it's a good idea to do that if you're shooting portraits and you're giving it to a customer. But I got so into the presets. I'm like, well, but this looks really filmy. But I'm like, whoa, but if I do this, it looks really futuristic. And I kind of experiment until I find like something that fits for that specific scene. And that's something that only kind of gets brought out with street photography. I've actually only started recently doing that for the first time. I blame also my partner, Mike, for kind of introducing me to street photography. Because before I met him, I never thought of street photography as something like something I was interested in or something I thought that was that good. I'm like, eh, I haven't really seen anything that good until he introduced me to the idea. And then we started going on photo walks together. And I started finding my own style with street photography, but I shoot street like I shoot portraits, which kind of gave me a weird perspective on it. And so now I just I'm so obsessed with like finding something new in the city and like editing it and see like how I can put my own spin on it. And I love shooting street now. It's like my favorite thing, almost probably more than portraits. And that used to be my favorite thing. Nice. So yeah. it's been like a weird battle. <laughs> I saw like. So just so people know, I send every guest a uh, pre pre podcast questionnaire, just so I can kind of get a feel a little bit deeper from what I learn on social media that you you really wanted to push that that portrait stuff after watching America's Top Model. Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, during the summers, I would, you know, a lot of the programs that came up um, that my mom would watch would be like, you know, like the hgtv stuff and america's next top model and sometimes she'd leave that on but she wouldn't really watch it i would and something about america's next top model yeah it's about you know obviously models wanting to be big but the specific part that really caught my eyes um you know they would have to model some kind of like you know high couture thing but they would have to do it with some kind of concept in mind it wasn't just like here put on clothes and look pretty a lot of the time, like they would put together a concept like, hey, the idea for this line is like food. So like, I don't know, they would do some extravagant shoot or they would bring in like glasses that were like this, like gigantic glasses and like the model would be placed inside and like really high concept shoots. And I just thought that was so pretty. Like I was like, wow, that's really cool. You can put a theme to a whole photo shoot and like revolve it around uh, fashion. And I just thought that was beautiful. So I, that's what I started doing. I would grab my cousin. It'd be like, okay, go through my closet, pick something really cute out. And then like, let's go to the park and shoot pictures and you'll be my model. And so I would start <laughs> with my family and like posing them and stuff and like throwing makeup on. And yeah, it sounds really girly, but that's what I really like. Just the idea of like shooting people's faces. I really like doing that. I didn't really start thinking about that until after like probably my last years in the military where I started reaching out to models in San Diego saying like, hey, like I never done this before. Let's do a fashion shoot. And I started doing it for the first time and I really liked it. Just posing people and like making them do like, different things with their body. I thought that was really fun. So that's how I got into portraits. I just saw the photographers in America's Next Top Model. And I thought, I want to be that. I want to do that. I want to shoot for a magazine. That's awesome. I mean... To, to find something just to see it on TV and and be like, man, I like that. I'm going to go try. You you did it perfectly, right? You you had family, you had friends, you had a camera, you had clothing, you went and just started doing it. Portrait Portraiture for me is my weakest aspect of photography. I I don't understand how people shoot photos of people. It just, it doesn't, doesn't really register. But again, I'm, I'm street. I'm a street shooter for sure. Street all the way. And I, I do it on a medium format Fuji now, which slows me down even more. But man, I'm in love with this this setup. So now that we've converted you to Fuji. Yeah, it's true. You guys got me, goddammit. You know, who are some of your creative inspirations? Like, where do you draw from? That one's kind of hard to say because I would say a lot of photographers, especially newer ones, they have like people in mind, like they have famous photographers in mind. Like they're like, oh yeah, this dude, this dude. Honestly, I couldn't tell you like five famous photographers if someone pointed a gun to my head like legit I honestly don't really know too many um, I've been lucky because my inspiration and my mentors were next to me in the military so when you join a unit if you're new 
they're usually people in the unit that have been there for about two to three years. So in our, in this world where I'm not only just in the military, but I'm in a very niche like thing in the military where it's like you're military, you're Marines, which is already really small, but you're all photographers and videographers. So you're really tiny. There's only like, probably maybe like, I don't know, like maybe 200 people in my entire job field in the Marine Corps, which is really small. And so I was lucky that I was able to learn from the giants before me. And my biggest, I would say my biggest photography influence, I would have to say, is my best friend, Rita Daniel. She was um, uh, a girl that was, I would say, a year and a half, almost two years, like ahead of me um, in time of service in that unit. And but she was so good at photography. And I used to learn how to actually edit just by sitting behind her, be sitting like watching her edit. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know you could do that with like Lightroom. And so I just would watch her every day edit photos because she, she was always sent out to the field because she was so good and because she could keep up with the guys. She was like my first real mentor. Um, and so I learned everything about photography through her and so hey Rita if you're if you actually listen to this thank you you are the reason why I'm good at photography but her stuff's amazing just the way she shoots it's just like so wholesome but like the way she edits is gorgeous she's won a couple awards in the military for her work and I would say to this day like editing wise I feel like I've learned so much from her but the way she just shoots just how she does it I still can't do it like she does but yeah i would i had her and i had um my sergeant sergeant rosales he was a big shooter i, I had i was lucky i had so many people in my unit that were so passionate about photography and videography that they were that was the community over competition because we all had to do the same thing and we would all share ideas and share knowledge about how to get better because we had to this was like our job and especially in a military um, environment where you have to produce good stuff or you get yelled at. <laughs> so, but, you know, I was really lucky. I got that huge push, like really early in my life. Like I joined the Marine Corps when I was 19. I, I will be 27 this year. So I was really lucky. I had that huge push into like photography and videography as a profession really, really early in my life. So I think that's why for me right now, it's not like learning equipment or even finding my style I already have it it's more just a matter of what do I want to shoot you know what do I want to talk about what am I going to try out today you have your own business why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your business and what you guys do yeah so partner Mike and I we created a, a creative co-op it started as actually an ice cream shop because we're like dude what if we had like a place where we could you know just like congregate but have artists come and talk about their ideas like let's make that let's make a space in our ice cream shop just just dedicated for that <laughs> so because we wanted to make a business together and at first it was like an ice cream thing but then I was like wait we should have like a space where people can just be creative or like I don't know maybe it was at first it was like we should make a space where we could have like classes or something but that developed into like no I think we just really want a space for other artists to collaborate and that grew into Raw Plus Creator Skilled, which is, sorry, let me say that again, because we've kind of changed the name a couple of times and I always slip up and say that it turned into Raw Plus Creator Guild, which is supposed to be a co-op for artists um, in Seattle, but specifically for digital creators that leans a little bit more heavy into BIPOC representation. Just because I've noticed here in Seattle, um, you know, although it is somewhat diverse, there's a lot of segregation here and there. And a lot of the art collectives are mainly just for physical mediums like painting or sculpting and drawing. For one, it's physical mediums. And two, there's it is mostly just I would say it's not as diverse as I would have hoped. So that's why we wanted to create Route Plus Seattle. We wanted to bring that community over competition into a real space, you know, and offer it to people. Like realistically, if we had the budget, we would want to create, um, as long as you're a member, you could get pretty much free gear, uh, free space, free computer to do, make whatever the fuck you want to make. Whatever project you want to make without cost being an issue. As long as everyone pulls in, like we all work on the same big project, we all get a cut. It's very, and that was our dream. 
it still is our dream. We want to build it. Um, and it's political, you know, it's for radical people. It's for people who really care about social issues. So marrying the community over competition and with wanting to solve social issues of the place we live in, that's kind of why we created it. You know, we want to create, we want art and positive change to be, you know, intertwined. I love what you guys are doing. I think it's going to be, it's going to be successful. You two are pretty driven, so I can't see why it's not going to work. Mental health was was improved drastically by picking up a camera. I would say it really takes a toll on my mental health if I'm not being creative. I found out really early on in my life that a tool for, I would say, me processing negative emotion is actually through my art. I will say more specifically, I actually, when I'm going through something hard, I actually pick up my guitar, to be honest. I don't pick up my camera. I think it's because music was my first, my first art thing because of my mom and music has been like pushed in my direction the hardest because of my mom she's a singer so i i gravitate towards that but i would i will say when i i notice for me like when i notice my partner like shooting a lot and like um going out and shooting and i'm like oh man i really want to do that but i would say for like for us, like when we shoot together, I feel really happy. I just feel like at a really happy space when I get to walk my city um, and take my camera and just like be with the community. I feel the most happy. I would say I get to see, I get to live a life. I get to live my life and be present in my city and or wherever, you know, location I'm at and capture the moment and like see it differently especially if you do street photography you need to walk you need to take the bus you need to like take transit it's you learn a city so much better when you walk it like end to end and you find out you know you discover little spots that you could use for a, a photo shoot or for you know a meetup you just you get to know the city and the people better um i think for me photography helps me connect with my community. Photography helps me explore a feeling. But overall, like, photography really is a social outlet for me. And so if I don't have that, I get very depressed very quickly. So I like being social. I like talking. But I also find it's a really good way for me to connect with my partner. We really... We fell in love doing photography. And that's just something we like to do together is just create. And also, like, walk around and explore. It's just one of my favorite things to do with Mike. What I look at when it comes to photography is it gives me the ability to forget my day. Anything that stresses me out, as soon as I pick up the camera and I put my AirPods in, I'm just focused. <laughs> I'm just focused. So that's awesome. And you mentioned uh, photo walks. So you guys put on photo walks on Saturdays. Um, yes. how, how does somebody find out about those? Um. Well, if you want to come to our photo walk that is every week every saturday you can follow raw plus seattle on instagram we always advertise our little photo walks with a video or some kind of post um, we also have a group on instagram um if you want to join the group um i'll probably put out another link on threads for uh, local pnw photographers to follow but you can be a part of this group and you know also be a part of the community that's around Seattle, what other people are shooting, other events that someone else might, you know, want to bring in, which is totally cool. We encourage people to share knowledge, share events so that everyone can get experience. But it really is just about other photographers trying new things out, you know, not necessarily just sticking to what they know, but talking to another photographer. Hey, you shoot landscapes. What do you do for this scenario? Or... I think this is kind of our trial run to like really start building the guild for real. Um, we might not have the finances to fund it, but we're starting the foundation for it, which is our photo walks. That's and I really amazing. want to bring more women onto it because there's, you know, not a lot of girls that come on or non-binary folks that come with us. So I, I really want to encourage not just men to to come, but also women and Everyone who wants to participate should come and try it. Even if it's if you even if you're just starting. It really is a great way to just find out more about your community and you know, it might help someone get over something. You know, and and the best part is, you know, I'm part of the Instagram, the Instagram feed, so you get to see my nonsense every once in a while. And I still have <laughs> I still haven't made it. it to one, you know, but 
I have an international border, so it's a yes, it's I, okay. I have to I have to plan a whole day, even though it's only a few hours away. Uh, but I've we'll met go to Canada for you. Don't worry. <laughs> nice, anytime. But I've met some great people on there. Like I've got uh, I've got David David Lacey scheduled in Culture to Crown for yes. for a chat. David's it, cool. His portrait stuff is unbelievable. <laughs> a, a little trade off. I'm going to teach him some some architecture, and he's going to show me some portrait stuff. But I have him coming on. Yeah, <laughs> nice. so I, it's super hey, cool. Hey, it's good. <laughs> and, and you know what? I you know what I appreciate the most about everything is I know when I if I post something, no matter what it is, that I have you or Mike are always going to share it, like it, support it, um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I go the same way. But on on things like Instagram and, and and whatnot, you don't really get that kind of community feel. Everybody, everybody's like, your photos don't all match. Your grid looks wrong. And I, I can't do that. My grid is my grid and I'm going to post it how I want it. No, um, I feel the same way. Instagram kind of took the fun out of it because it's like, oh, no, you got to do this algorithm bullshit. It's like, no, just make art. <laughs> and that's that's what it's ideally. That's what it's all about. Thoughts on the uh, the community over competition movement that we're all part of and trying to push. What do, what do you like about it that makes that makes it, it worth talking about and getting people to come in and, and, and join it. Um, I like that it's positive. It's supposed to be a positive group and it's supposed to be warm and it's supposed to feel like a little photography family that's going to help you out and like give you information. And for me, I would say it's really just about not like anti-gatekeeping. I just don't think that's a helpful, you could help a bunch of people out by sharing this one little technique or whatever or hey I, maybe i figured something out but if i get you know share it to you you could do like 10 times better than all of us and i don't know like you never know you don't know who you can inspire you don't know who you can help you don't know who you can connect with the connection is the most important part about the community because if you establish something strong and especially something that's like positive and something united you don't know what you could do we could all get together and create a really cool project or i don't know i, I just think there's so many possibilities and the fact that it's a positive group of creatives is always a good thing you can never have like too many of those i would say i i, I definitely agree i think the whole goal of everybody on it is to see everybody else be successful we're, we're all pushing each other to one have fun we're having fun with what we're doing uh, two, we are there to offer guidance or support, you know, people have bad experiences. Oh, someone told me my, this is awful or that's awful. We've all been there and we can all offer the words of encouragement to help people realize no matter what's happening, that's just a speed bump in this journey. I mean, we're all learning. We learn till the end of time. We're always learning something new. Sharing what we learn with, with others who will appreciate it is the way to move forward. It's a way to stop being caught up in this, oh, I need a YouTube channel with 100 million followers. That's how I make my money. Well, no, you start by looking at what you're doing, create your art. You, you stick to what you're doing and, and it's bound to be successful because everything comes around in its own time. Absolutely. Um, and I think for me, what the important part about like seeing other people succeed, there's, I feel happy if I can help someone figure out their own dreams. I, that's why I like to interview people. Um, I like to figure out their life story and I'm like, well, how can we make your passion into something that'll make you help someone else out? Because if I have an idea and you have an idea and like I have a dream that, you know, I want to do this company that's going to, you know, I want to work with small businesses that are going to be sustainable, something like practical that's going to help the future of our society, an environmental, let's say nonprofit group. If I have that network and I have that knowledge and let's say you have an idea and you really, really want to save trees or save a certain species, like what if we connected, we can make something bigger and like actually solve a problem or just inspire someone else to do a project. Like just because I have, you know, someone in my network, I might not capitalize off of immediately. It doesn't mean you can't just share it, share the, share the knowledge. We can all get better from it ultimately. Definitely. And it's just a community. <laughs> I just want it to be a family. Like I see... I see it as like a, you know, back in the day where there was like actual guilds, like merchants guilds, you take care of each other. I just want it to be that, but modern. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. I think that's, uh, that's fantastic. I think your ideas are 
you guys are on the right path for sure. The growth and the amount of people, you know, I've started getting emails from people that have listened to episode one and they're like, man, I like what you're doing. I like, I like what you stand for. And that to me is that's all I can ask for. Right. Right. I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm just doing this to share my, my vision and, and what I'm hoping to achieve by helping others and allowing people who don't, who aren't those big accounts that everybody wants to interview. They're, they're people like me, like you Mm -hmm. dedicated to this craft, but we don't have, we're not being pushed in front of the public on a regular basis. I get to hear stories. I want to hear people's vision. I want to hear their story. I want to know how they got directed down the artistic path. And it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's going to be a tiring few months, you know? I mean, badass project though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. And you know, it took me a long time to be comfortable enough to do it. I'm still not comfortable with it. Finish off here. Just shout, you know, give me your, give me your socials where people can find you. Uh, you can do your personal, you can do your business and they'll all be in the show notes at the end. All right. Uh, so for my personal page, um, you can follow I focus photo like E Y E like an eyeball. I focus photo, um, for the business. If you want to follow our guild and see how it grows, you can follow raw plus Seattle, um, on Instagram and also on threads. So same, same users for threads and Instagram. So yeah, you can find us on TikTok too. We're just, we're trying to do that. You guys do the, (laughs) you guys do all the TikTok dances, right? I, you know, honestly, if I could do the TikTok dances, I would, but I can't, I can dance, but I can't TikTok dance. God damn. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, Spotify, Apple podcasts and, and on YouTube now. So hell yeah. All awesome. right, brother. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much you. for doing this. Oh, it was an honor for pleasure. real. Oh, thank you. And let, let me know when you get your, uh, when, when you pick up your camera. Cause uh, absolutely. I know I, I've <laughs> owned like, them all. Oh, I'm going to make a, I have to make a post about this. People are going to be like, what? You sold your cannon. <laughs> hey, you know what? Somebody else will get some love out of that 5d Mark four. You know, it's still it's a great true. camera. But making it down and actually get to meet everybody in person. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Life of Vice podcast. We hope you enjoyed our chat and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us continue to bring you content and the stories of our incredible guests. And remember to stay connected with us on all social media platforms. It is at L-I-F-E period O-F period P-H-Y-S at life period of period vice and discover even more stories from the community over competition movement. Have a great day.